0: This week, a story that Carolyn Castilla first shared on the podcast in May of 2014. Here's Carolyn now with a story we call Mommy Issues. I want to tell you guys the story of the great Easter basket incident of 2010. Uh, But before I do that, I have to tell you a little bit about my mother. My mother is a character that some people have come to know through my stand-up or through videos that I've made about her. But I never really talk about what my real childhood was like with my mother because it was very intense. I think that my mother is an undiagnosed borderline personality. I don't know that because she refuses to go to therapy. Which is a hallmark of the condition. (laughs) Uh, Needless to say, she has some narcissistic issues. Okay, My whole life, my mother has treated me to my face as if I don't exist. And I know that's a paradox, but let me explain to you how that works. When I do something that she can be proud of, I am an extension of her. Right? Oh my God, Kath, do you hear? Carolyn's going to be on Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers. That's amazing, isn't it? Carolyn, that's my daughter. That's almost like me. It's almost like I'm going to be on Joan Rivers. Can you believe? I'm going to be on Joan Rivers. Can you believe? I am Joan Rivers. And the rest of the time, I'm just a receptacle for all of her shame and blame. One time, she told me that because I accidentally ripped the soap dish off of the wall in the upstairs bathroom in her house, that she was gonna have to cancel Christmas. (laughs) Because, Carolyn, you ripped the soap dish off the wall, now I gotta redo the whole goddamn bathroom, okay? I, to you, that's one tile missing. You don't understand. I gotta repaint now. I gotta redo the floor. I gotta use gold grout. That's gonna cost a lot of money, okay? You're gonna have to go downstairs and tell those grandkids of mine, there's no Santa Claus coming, okay? You're holding Santa Claus in your hand in that soap dish. <laughs> My whole childhood was filled with a lot of hitting and yelling. My mother used to say stuff like, you ungrateful little shit. lot of consonants in my mother's life, you know what I mean? You bastard, right? I hope you have one just like ya. And I'd always blubber back, I hope so too, cause I'm pretty great. And if you can't see that, then I'm just gonna have to, just keep on living here. Cause this is my house, and I'm a kid. She'd say, you have no rights in this house. Like a witch. The cinema of the witch, right? I was so scared of Wizard of Oz from the time that I was born. I was like, that's my mom, you know. Uh, (laughs) You have no rights until you're 21, you're mine. And she'd say it just like that. She was so angry. She was angry all the time. She was angry over everything. She was angry over nothing. And anything could set her off. It was like I was a cat toy and she was a cat. And as long as I didn't move, maybe she wouldn't notice me and everything would be fine. But if I accidentally twitched and she saw me out of the corner of her eye, she'd bounce. And the way it is with cats, you know, we engage in this dance of like predator and prey that looks so graceful when you see it in slow motion on National Geographic right? What'd you do with my hairbrush? I don't know. Get your own hairbrush, you bitch. I'm only 12. (laughs) When you're in the middle of that, it feels like falling until it stops. And you cry, or you don't cry, which is worse. And then the dust settles and kind of hardens on your heart. And the thing about cats and their toys is that once they're done with them, they walk away from them completely disinterested. Like, psh! am I supposed to be impressed by that feather on a stick? because you're gonna have to try harder, bitch. And because you want the cat to love you, you upgrade to the little red laser pen, right? And you start waving it at the kitty, and you're like, kitty, come back, kitty. Do you love me? Are you my mother? (laughs) So it was Easter Sunday, 2010, and I was back at my mother's house, not visiting. I lived there, again, this time with my four-year-old daughter because I had gotten a divorce a year before and I had no place else to go. And I was working a six-show weekend at the local comedy club in Syracuse called Wise Guys. You do six shows in four days. It's very tiring, but it made me really strong. And I knew that I was gonna be exhausted by the time Sunday came around, so I, I packed my daughter's Easter basket up you know, on Saturday, and when I got home that night, I hit it in a perfect spot, and I thought, cool, I could sleep in until like nine or 10, and my mom will watch the baby, and then when I get up, she can find her Easter basket, and the festivities will begin. But that's not what happened. What happened was, six o'clock in the morning, the sun comes streaming through my bedroom window right into my eye. Because my mother refused to get blackout curtains, even though I told her, if you don't, the sun will come streaming through the window right into my eye. And she said, I know. Uh, And so I, I sort of wake up, and I hear my mother downstairs on the phone talking to my Aunt Kathy, as she had done every day since my dad died a few years before, every day at the crack of dawn. And I know she was talking loud enough so that I would hear her, so that I would wake up, because her philosophy is if she's up, everybody's up. But she was muted just enough so that I wouldn't be able to understand the shit talk that she was talking about me within earshot. And she loved to shit talk me within earshot. Like I think she thinks that I'm a celebrity who is constantly refusing her an autograph. You know, oh, Carolyn, you know, she's been on TV five times for three minutes each time. Big deal, right? It's not like she's Mahatma Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> so 6.30, my daughter wakes up, and I'm like, oh, shit. Before I even have a chance to react, to decide, do I want to get up? What do I want to do? I hear my mother say, still on the phone, real cash." just in the middle of her conversation with my Aunt Kathy, she goes, good morning, sweetheart. Why don't you come down and find your Easter basket? And something about my mother saying that When I was so tired and I had worked so hard that weekend and I had meticulously planned and planted the Easter basket, that was it. I was done. Like my whole soul just splatted out like boom on the belly of the universe and was like, no more, no more. You are over 21. You are in charge now, right? So I just sort of scream from the bottom of my gut with my head still on the pillow. What do you think you're doing? And I run downstairs. I blow past my daughter who's on the top of the steps and I confront my mother and she says to her sister, my aunt on the phone, "Uh uh-oh, I think Carolyn's mad at me. I gotta go. Right, And I could hear in her voice this really interesting thing. Like she was kind of nervous that shit was gonna go down, but then also really excited because that's the only way my mother knows how to feel alive, right? Cause trouble or be in trouble, but no, no peace. So I say to her, who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing telling my daughter that she can go find the Easter basket that I hid? Like, you don't even think that that's something that I might want to be involved in? You don't even think to think about whether or not you should think about me wanting to be involved in that. And she immediately retorted, but Carol, and and I've heard that guttural choke so many times in my life, but Carolyn, and, I, and I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't gonna let her tell me that I was wrong, that I was crazy, that I was too emotional. Oh, what are you saying? I'm a bad mother. I couldn't hear it one more time. So I ripped open the sliding glass door in the kitchen right next to her chair. And I ran out onto the deck and I ran past her pool and I'm running on the lawn and it's wet because it's spring and it's 6.30 in the morning. And I'm in like an old lady nightgown because I live with my fucking mother, right? And I'm running barefoot and I run all the way down and back. That's what we call the big field behind her house. Down and back and I run. I don't know what I, just, just, Hits and soul to the wind. Like, please, God, give me some direction. A change needs to come, and I land in front of this giant weeping willow where we buried our dog, Dolly, who ran away during a lightning storm, allegedly because she was scared. I think she was just like, these people suck, I'm out. she got hit by a car and so we buried her there under the weeping willow and I stood there in front of the tree racing still in my mind in my soul and it dawned on me suddenly that I had to forgive my mother because this was a cycle and her parents had done this to her and their parents had done that to them and this had been going on in my family for generations and I didn't want to feel compassion for any of these crazy people I wanted somebody to feel compassion for me but it turns out that my lot in life is to be the understanding one and the healer and to bury the family cross there under the tree with the dog So I went back to the house, and my mother had her half-hearted bullshit (coughs) apology all ready to go before I even got there and her stiff fucking cardboard hug. (laughs) And I said, I I don't want your hug, I don't want your apology. And we just went on with our day like nothing happened. And this year on Easter Sunday, my mother told me that she was gonna start going to therapy. uh, If that's what it takes, Carolyn. That's what it takes. Because I just want us to get along. And I'll believe it when I see it, you know. I'm not holding my breath. The thing is, I, I realize, just on a once here, this Easter basket story, it's maybe nothing to you guys. And that's the difficult thing for people like me, who grew up with borderline mothers, when you try to tell your story to somebody else, they don't get it. They're like, oh yeah, moms, my mom wouldn't let me get my ears pierced till I was 13. It's was like, my mom pierced my ear with a nail as punishment, you know? It's not the same kind of crazy. It's hard to understand, it's hard to accept that somebody could need to tell the truth about this. It's not getting hit that's the worst part. It's not the big fights, it's not the blowouts. Your body is just a body. You can bruise it and it will heal. It's the emotional terrorism that gets to your soul. That's why your soul is inside your body, because it needs more protection. And so, when you're in a room with this type of person, you know, it's like there's no air. And they're telling you, breathe. And then they keep taking out more air. And they're telling you, be grateful for the little bit of air that I'm leaving you. Tell me that you're grateful with your last breath. Tell me that you're grateful. And then you manage somehow to say, I'm grateful. And then they give you cake. Or they give you chocolate. A big, giant Easter basket full of chocolate. If only you can find it. Thanks.